Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my foot pet and girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's a, been a good week here. It is... November 15th, 1997, and we've got a little kitten in here. Yeah, and he's cute, but he keeps trying to chew on the cords, which is not Don't cute. Don't chew on the cords. We're doing our show. At first, he was scratching at the door, then we let him in, then he's chewing on wires. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But we do have some news, Carol. Uh, let's see. Apparently, there are there's a Dean Martin film uh, being readied for Warner Brothers oh. by director Martin Scorsese or Martin Scorsese, I believe. <laughs> okay, could be Tom Hanks as Dean Martin, John Travolta as Frank Sinatra, Hugh Grant as Peter Lawford, Adam Sandler as Joey Bishop, and Jim Carrey as Jerry Lewis. No. <laughs> That sounds awful. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea at all. First of all, I don't know that Martin Scorsese is... Martin Scorsese is a fantastic director. Very good. I don't know that he is the person to do a Dean Martin movie. Okay. Uh, And then Tom Hanks as Dean Martin. I, I... don't see that at all. Mm-mm. I don't. They don't. They have very different body types. I just, you know, Dean. <coughs> this cat's kidding me. <coughs> Dean Martin had a very, you know, just trying to have a little fun, folks. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, very, well, I'm sure. I mean, Tom Hanks can do anything. <laughs> so can he. Yes. Tom Hanks can fly. <laughs> I saw him levitate. <laughs> No, I mean, like, I really... He's a good actor. I really think he could take on any role. He's a good actor, but I can't see him as... There'd have to be a lot of makeup, prosthetics, stuff like that. Sure. Travolta as Sinatra, I can see a little bit more, but, I mean, not not that much either. Hugh Grant as Peter Lawford. I mean, yeah, I get that. Adam Sandler as Joey Bishop. Can Adam Sandler even act? I don't think so. Some of his movies are funny. But, like, can he actually act? I don't think so. I haven't seen any evidence of it yet. Uh, And then Jim Carrey as Jerry Lewis. I guess I can see that. Because Jerry Lewis is essentially just, Lady! Isn't Joey Bishop black? No? No. (laughs) Although what's weird is Sammy Davis Jr. is black. Okay. And that's probably who you're thinking of. And he's, he's not in it. He's not listed here. That's not nice. Oh, no. Everyone else in the Rat Pack's listed here? Maybe they just don't have a Sammy yet. That's, Maybe. That's a, a hard role to cast, too, because he's uh, he, he was extremely talented. I think I'm going to have to kick the cat out of here because you are very distracted. Let me kick this cat out. Well, I was only distracted when he was, again, trying to eat a wire. Yeah, but he's going to continue to do stuff like that, and I want to talk about the news. Okay, well, talk about the news. Tell me all about the news. Yeah, but you're you're distracted. (laughs) 
I will do my best to not pay attention and let the cat electrocute itself on the wires. And okay. I won't even blink. Sounds good. That okay. sounds good, like in uh, Christmas Vacation. Right. How about PC at home? What See, now? PC at, that little A with the circle around it is mm-hmm. at home. Like PC, like personal computer? Correct. By me, no by me, says the signs held by the personal computers. Mm. Buy a PC for the holidays. Decide what you want a computer to do. Figure out the software where you'll require for it. Now you're ready. What do you think? So, I mean, lots of people seem to be uh, getting. I mean, we have. We, I have a computer. Yeah, I have a computer. But a lot I of people. I love my computer. A lot of people seem to be uh, stocking up on those gateway computers uh it's barely past halloween but the stores are packed with christmas decorations <laughs> and it already, is that time you're already thinking about a new pc under the tree good for you well the best prices of the year are in the after holiday sales careful shopping now can turn up some good deals as stores and catalogs attempt to jumpstart the season shouldn't people be waiting till like after thanksgiving like isn't that when the good sales happen i don't know yeah, I guess. I mean, that's they, they do the that Black Friday stuff, right. right? Yeah, I don't know. Shopping for a computer can be confusing, and you'll be glad you have the extra time. Remember, many computer systems cost more than a reliable used car. What? Mine didn't, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. How much did your computer cost? I don't know, but my friend built it with parts, like, and it was a lot cheaper than going uh, to the store and buying a made computer. But yeah, so for those of you that don't have a friend that knows how to make a computer, um, they have a handy little guide in here, what to pay for what you want. Okay. Which is a weird sentence. It is. What to pay for what you want. Are they telling you what to pay for and what you want? Probably, yeah, what, what it should cost, I guess. Uh, the first item is the type of chip or the brains that run the PC. Then comes the hard drive, your permanent file storage space, and RAM, which I think stands for random access memory. That's speed, right? The no? computer's short-term thinking memory. Okay. Uh, finally, no computer now should be without a CD-ROM drive, even if it's just, if it's just to install software. Gotta be able to play those AOL discs. Right. And a modem... Let it talk to other computers over the phone. Wow. Uh, we include the price of the monitor. Beware. <laughs> because many advertised prices in the stores and catalogs do, do not. not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these are representative prices on name brands we found in mail order catalogs as of November 3rd. Apple specs and prices are courtesy of Tony Thomas, advisory board member and a programming supervisor at RGIS Inventory Specialists in Rochester Hills. So bare bones. Uh, if you want to write letters, balance a checkbook, read email. I don't care much about flashy graphics on the World Wide Web. And I don't plan on playing any games. Then a Pentium 166 1 gigabyte hard drive, 32 megabyte RAM. Eight, so- eight time what? I was just going to say, it sounds like a really boring way to use a computer. Yeah. Eight times CD-ROM and basic sound card system with speakers, uh, whatever. Uh, it's a thousand dollars. Wow! Or the Apple version, um, Power PC six hundred three E two fifty six K, level two cache, thirty two 
M, um, mil, uh, what is it? Millibytes? M- megabytes? Megabytes. There you go. RAM, one megabyte video RAM. Also about $1,000. Now, for those of you that are looking to mid-level it, if you want to do all the bare-bones stuff, plus surf the web, run multimedia CDs, compose newsletters for my volunteer group, <laughs> and run multiple programs at once, so more than one at once. Wow. Please see next week's column for a discussion on why we do not recommend 56K modems yet. Okay. Um, a Pentium MMX233 4-gig hard drive, 64 megabytes of RAM, everybody. A 16X CD-ROM. That's going to run you 2250 $2,250. That's an insane amount of money to spend on a computer. Well, that's what they cost. And mm. then the Apple, that's what they cost, Carol. Okay. And then the other expe- computers are super expensive. Okay, but I'm just saying it's still a lot of fucking money. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money when you have somebody that can fucking pick up a bunch of spare parts and Apple cores and uh, <laughs> like string them together and they're like, oh, hey, look, you can write email. Uh, the Apple one is about 2500 bucks Now, high end. I want to do all that shit. Mm. Every single thing I just said. Plus, advanced 3D graphics, the latest games, photo manipulation software. What is photo manipulation software? I don't know, but it sounds fun. I want to do it. Like, I just like to play with, like, the paint program on my computer. So you want to photo manipulate. Uh, And other power-hungry applications at light speed. And you're going to want a Pentium 2 MMX 308 gig hard drive, Carol. Okay. 128 megabytes of RAM. Wow. All that storage. Uh, 24 times CD-ROM, 64-bit deluxe sound card. You know what I need the sound card for? $3,000 and up. What? Dr. Spatzo. What? Oh, come on. Haven't you ever talked to Dr. Spatzo? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. It's like a computer program that you like type stuff and then it talks back to you. Yeah. Dr. Spatzo. Are you sure this wasn't a fever dream that you had? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have never heard of that in my life. Really? Oh, it's so fun. Is that on the the World Wide Web? Um, I'm really not sure where it comes from. It's just on my computer. <laughs> Is it from another dimension? Maybe. Like, what the fuck? Does Dr. Spato tell you to do bad things, Carol? Sometimes. Oh, my God. Dr. Spato's like, you should take off your bra. <laughs> Isn't it restrictive? It is. He's so right. Dr. Spato's making a lot of sense. There's a camera on top of your... Uh, <laughs> Fucking computer. That would be really creepy. Yeah, who's the, this fucking guy that created this computer, <laughs> by the way? My friend. It just has Dr. Spates, a guy, right? Yeah. 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 So what's Dr. Spates telling you to do? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, he doesn't tell me to do anything, you freak. What did you say you did? You wrote stuff in it? Yeah, like you, you can type and tell him all about your day, and then he'll, like, respond. Respond how? <laughs> like, I'll say... Good morning, and then be like, good morning, and I'll be like, how is your day? My day is good. How is your day? 
well, I'm feeling kind of sad today. I'm sorry you're sad. What's wrong? You know, stuff like that. Wow. Okay. That's insanity. <laughs> it's fun. That's fucking witchcraft. I think we should burn <laughs> your computer. No, because then we'd have to spend $2,500 to replace it. Speaking of witchcraft, though, sort of. Buffy star Sarah Michelle Geller, or Sarah Geller. It just says Sarah Geller. Oh. I'm Sarah Michelle Geller. What the hell are you trying to save money on words? I was just saying. I was just going to say that. Buffy star Sarah Geller nurtures her film career. Oh, but in here they get it right. Sarah Michelle Geller has been working so hard since she was four. Wow. The busy actress just recently found time for her first big Hollywood week. Quote, I went to the opening night of Rent, the premiere of House of Yes, and the premiere of I Know What You Did Last Summer, the 20-year-old says, sounding both pleased with herself and a tad guilty. (laughs) It's just not me. It's not my life. It is now. That's the thing. It's my job. I work very hard to maintain a separate life outside of what I do. It would take the supernatural powers of the title character she plays in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for someone with a schedule like Geller's to carve out time for a separate life. Wow. Uh, she's deeply she's deeply buried in the second season of the WB Network's critically acclaimed teen horror series. As she should be. Keep it up. And stars in two scary movies, one out now and one due out before the end of the year. Oh, what's the other one? Well, the I Know What You Did Last Summer that we saw, uh-huh. which has been a top a box office attraction for four weeks, and the droolingly anticipated Scrum 2. Ooh. So she's going to be in that. I can't wait to see that. With uh, Nev Campbell, uh, you know, assumedly. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in your typical 9 to 5 grind. Between stints of hormonal confusion and high school click wars, Buffy kickboxes demons from hell and wrestles <laughs> with werewolves. And they basically, she has never wrestled a werewolf. What I, are they talking about? Know. She fought a fucking computer that one time. Get your facts straight. They talk a lot about, uh, you know, the movies that she's in, which we, we talked a lot about. Uh, I know what you did last summer. And we'll probably see Scream 2 and talk about that is my guess. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. When I first got down here, I was still in Buffy mode, she admits. Like, here comes the bad guy. Give him your right, then a left. <laughs> Jim was like, uh, Sarah, you're looking too athletic. It's in a triathlon here. <laughs> that she's talking about being in uh, scary movies. Uh, but yeah, so Buffy the Vampire Slayer is busy in Hollywood. Well, good for her. She deserves it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, before we, uh, before we get to the movie, we got a little uh, word from our sponsors. Hi, everybody. It's your favorite podcasters, Mark and Carol from Retro Leafy Podcast. Hey, what's up? We're just popping in here real quick to let you know about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Retro Fee. Do you love Retro Fee and just wish there was always more? Because there is more over there. We've got Back into the Future, where we talk about stuff from nowadays. Right. <laughs> We've got Lost in Time, One Day, One Year. And we record our thoughts on that like it's the regular podcast. Maybe we'll do Shakespeare someday. (laughs) Exactly. And as a special for you guys, if we get 100 Patreon subscribers, Carol, tell them what they'll get. Some of you have asked about bringing back the mixtape. 
the mixtape is where we talk about music that's popular 25 years ago. And it was actually one of my favorite segments to make. So I would love it if you guys would subscribe so we can make it again. Yeah, if we get 100 Patreon subscribers, we will bring back the mixtape. So go to patreon.com slash retro late fee. Help support us and this uh, beautiful creation that we put out for you every week. So we can keep making more and more episodes. Soon it'll be every day. All right, now back to your regularly scheduled program. Later. Carol, we we watched a movie. Did we? Because it felt more like we shared a nightmare together. I mean, like, it really felt... At one point, I said, this movie feels like a riddle. Yeah. It, and it, it was does. very weird. Like... I wish I'd been high because maybe it would have made sense. Well, that's the thing. We saw a life less ordinary. Right. Directed by Danny Boyle. Fresh off his, well, a couple of years ago, but fresh off his directorally. Well, I don't think it was technically his first movie, but Train Spotting. He, yeah, he did Train Spotting. He directed Train Spotting. And I think he took some heroin from that set. Right. Before he decided to make this movie. Oh, my God. It, it, and it was so much like Excess Baggage. If the it, two yeah. movies hadn't released so close together, I would say they ripped it off. But that doesn't seem possible because they had to be making them, like, at the same time. Yeah, it's one of those parallel thinking things. It ha- parallel thinking like things in Hollywood. It happens sometimes. Where you get two movies very close, like similar together, like the volcano and Dante's Peak. Like I, yeah, don't, I don't think they ripped true. each other off, but they're both about big super volcanoes exploding, and yeah. killing everyone. I mean this this movie had a blonde, pretty heiress, correct, who gets kidnapped with a, a father that has little que- question, yeah. questionable like. Business dealings. And little to no actual feelings for their daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they fall in love. This movie spent less time on the, the father-daughter dynamic, really. Yeah. Yeah, played by Ian Holm, which from the, you know, the, the robot from Alien, uh, Ash. But it's funny because... Towards the end of the movie, he's limping, he's on a cane and everything, he's wearing glasses, and I never realized how suited he is to play Harry Truman, former President Harry Truman. If they ever make a Harry Truman biopic, Ian Holmes should play him. Okay. he looked exactly like him. First of all, will they? Because I don't think so. And, I don't uh, think it's exciting enough. Really? Harry give Truman? Him, give him hell, Harry. Uh, he was president when we dropped the atomic bombs. Okay. Japan. I don't know, to me that sounds like a boring movie, but sure. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, this me, movie, huh? Let me know when you become president. I think mm. his life's so fucking boring. Okay. I'm not saying my life's exciting, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I don't like politics. Okay. So, I don't want to do a... I don't know that it would, the movie would be about politics. <laughs> okay, Whatever. I was trying to to say something, and now it's gone. You wanted to talk about a life less ordinary, I believe. So, it also reminded me of the fucking, like, 90210 angels. Yes. Because they have angels in this movie. I thought of that, too. 
that really don't fit in in the movie. No. And then they kind of are more like monsters as the movie goes on. It's I don't understand. It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. So, <laughs> the plot of this movie, like, like Carol said, it's a lot like another movie we covered, Excess Baggage. This stars Cameron Diaz from My Best Friend's Wedding mm-hmm. and the woman that everyone wanted to leer at in uh, The Mask. She sings karaoke in this movie, too. Yeah, she's not as bad as she is in My Best Friend's Wedding, but, but she's, she's not, not good. good. No, <laughs> not at all. And then the the male lead is uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. From the Train Spotting movie, mm-hmm. the red-headed Irishman, yeah, who's using his own accent in here. We actually read a story about him a couple weeks ago, where he he said he fucking hated filming this movie in in Utah because he hates Utah. But who, who likes Utah really? I don't know. Mormons. Yeah. That's it. Keith uh, Van Horn, the basketball player. Um. Anyway, so. This movie fixed the pro- one of the problems I had with train spotting. How so? Because I think that Ewan McGregor is a more charismatic lead. And and you, you know how mm, like Benicio del, del Toro, we talked about how he's an interesting actor that makes interesting choices but didn't really fit into the movie. Uh-huh. He does more. He fits, but to me, well, you can shake your head all you want, but this is my opinion time. <laughs> you can give your opinion time in a minute. To me, he fits more as a mainstream love interest kind of, but he's down on his luck scruffy dude, right? But the movie still doesn't work. He is not attractive either. Who? I'm not talking about attractiveness. I... So superficial, Carol. Oh, jeez. I don't think he's charming. I don't. His hair is awful. It's awful. His hair is awful. His face is not great, and he has very little going for him. At least uh, <laughs> Del Toro. It sounds like it's getting personal. <laughs> Are you defending Utah? Were you offended by the things he said about no. Utah? But I mean, like, it- fucking come for Utah, McGregor. <laughs> At least, uh, well, how do you say it? But. Uh, Del Toro, whatever, Benicio. Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. Like, at least his character had, like, something going on in his life. Like, he yeah, had his own thief. business. His own business of <laughs> stealing cars. Self-employed, self-motivated. Yeah. I mean, this guy got fired from being a cleaner in a building. Because they fucking put some... some Robots. Some brushes on a vacuum and like set it out <laughs> it was really weird yeah it was really weird and then he got broken up with it by his girlfriend it looked like r2d2 as, a, as yes! a vacuum cleaner you're right that's exactly what it looked like yeah and yeah and then he got broken up with by lily his girlfriend and she said that she understood how they felt when he said they replaced him with a robot well that was a funny line <laughs> but i'm just saying that does not speak highly for him also, no, because he needs she needs a vibrator. Obviously, when when him and Cameron Diaz had sex off screen, we did not get to see anything. Um, Do you think they had sex? That's what I was gonna. I'm I'm wondering. Like she didn't seem happy. 
She didn't. She said, she said you you were great or whatever, but it didn't seem genuine. You think that? So you think that the implication in this movie is that you and McGregor is bad at sex? Yes, I do. Or I guess I guess the character anyway. Yeah, I, I do. I think he's bad at sex. Wow. No wonder he's having a hard time finding love. <laughs> I essentially, so what happens is, like you said, he gets fired by the this corporate dude because they replaced him, and he's pissed off about it. And he comes in there to the boardroom. He somehow gets to his fucking, I don't know how you just get to the, the CEO of a company's office, right. but he busts in there all pissed off yelling at, at him. Now, at the same time, Cameron Diaz, his daughter, is there. Because Stanley Tucci, who I like, was at her house, this big palatial estate, and she apparently loves shooting guns. She shot an apple off of her butler, butler, yeah, I guess butler's head. And then Stanley Tucci's like, hey, I'm Mel Silver. (laughs) I'm a fucking dentist to the stars or whatever. Watch our or listen to our nine hundred two one zero tapes, right? You want to get that reference? Uh, I want to be your husband, and <laughs> stomach just keeps coming for a talk, huh? It I don't know if you guys. Up. I don't know if you guys will hear that or not, but it's like uh, <laughs> he it's heard like it across the, the room. It's like there's a fucking San Andreas fault inside <laughs> your your stomach. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> anyway. But so he wants to marry her, and she's like, well, let me shoot this apple off your head, and if you don't flinch, then I will marry you. She's already said no to him because he cheats. Yeah. That was, like, the original thing. So it's like, why would you even agree to... Yeah, it sounded like they dated, but he cheated on her a lot. Yeah, so, like, what the fuck? So she goes to shoot him, and he fucking moves! Like, not even a little bit. Not even like, oh, that's your fault, Cameron Diaz. He, like, puts his hands out right as she's pulling the trigger. Like, no! And, like, moves. And she shoots him in the head and just calmly is like, no, you better call a fucking ambulance. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that is attempted murder. Yeah, I don't think she'd just be in trouble with her father. (laughs) Like, that didn't seem like the appropriate response. Right. So anyway, the that's the reason she's in there, and she's like, he she he goes, he'll he'll never practice again. He's alive, but he'll never fucking practice again. He's a he's a moron now or whatever, and he says he denigrates her mom, mm-hmm, says a her, lot. Her mom's a fucking bottom feeder or whatever, and that she's gonna be just like her. Seems like an asshole, and he says you're gonna have to work now. Seems like she's been just given everything her whole life because they're rich. And now she's going to have to work and she's pissed. And I think that's why she helps him. Because he gets a gun mm-hmm. from the security that comes in. And they wrestle it from him. But instead of restraining him in any way, they just continue to do the stuff they were doing to him, which is like a three, they have like a three stooges style pile up. Yeah, it's a dog pile. Hammering him with their fists. It's ridiculous. And then she kicks the gun to him, so he gets it and takes control of the situation and essentially kidnaps her. But he doesn't truly take control of the situation. They manage to disarm him at one point. The whole time he's just fucking everything up. 
Like, when he first walked in there, he's carrying one of these robot things. Like, he's going to fucking smash it, throws it at the window, and it just bounces off, writes itself, and continues on its way. He is completely ineffectual at everything he does. Well, one of the things I think really falls down about this movie is, who am I rooting for? (laughs) Because, like you said, he's an idiot. Mm -hmm. And... Just a, like we're never shown any reason to really root for him. He's down in his luck and everything. He's like some poor fucking loser. I mean, you feel sorry for him. Yeah, and you f- might feel some sympathy for him, but there's we never see any big character traits where we're like, well, we're going to root for this guy. Yeah. At one point, he's honest with her. And it's like, uh, is that supposed to be it? <laughs> and then she... Is sometimes nice. Most of the time not. Sometimes kind of unhinged. And then weirdly, uh, she'll just lapse into fucking entitled rich asshole attitude. Well, I don't think that's weird. I think that that's probably the most genuine thing that her character does. But what I'm saying is, it's weird that she sometimes does it and sometimes doesn't. Yeah. For most of the movie, she's acting like a regular person. And then sometimes she'll be like, oh, you don't understand. Only That's only rich people will understand those problems. Yeah. Oh, and like she doesn't know how to drive because she never had to learn how to drive. Like, right. fuck you. But so her character is unlikable. Yeah. And then obviously all the... Not even the angels are likable. The angel, I hate the angels. The angels at least have a motivation that we might be able to root for. No. At the very beginning of the movie, Dan Hedaya, uh, Clueless's dad, uh, you know, Alicia Silverstone's dad and Clueless, mm-hmm. and Holly Hunter, who's in this movie, and uh, Delray Lindo, who has been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. He was in that Feeling Minnesota movie. Also with Cameron Diaz, now that I think about it. Um, but he's in this, too. He's been in a lot of movies we've seen this year. And maybe, or like last year, too. But they're angels. They're all angels. Everyone's dressed in white. It's supposed to be heaven, but it looks like a fucking corporate office. Yeah. And for some reason, Gabriel, the Archangel Gabriel, walks into his office, and his title is chief of police. It's ridiculous. What does that mean? I don't is that a know. biblical reference that I'm not getting? I didn't get most of this. They're like, oh, you know, every everybody's getting divorced and it's all your fault. Like, what? That's the other thing. So they're talking about, oh, you know, ever since the Apple and stuff, fucking men and women can't get together and, you know, all this shit and everything. And he's like, okay, you've got it. I've got a case for you. Apparently, apparently every instance of love is angels fucking pushing people together i guess but he says i've got a uh job for you but it's a, t- it's a tough one because it's cameron diaz and ewan mcgregor and if you don't do it you can never come back you're stuck on yeah. earth for the rest of eternity or that's that's the motivation we've decided on okay my question is why does god give a fuck <laughs> like why is it so important for these two to get together? Who gives a shit? I don't. I mean, like, I guess they're supposed to be, like, uh, the relationship that works in the whole world. I don't know. The whole thing's stupid and doesn't make sense. Because at one point at the end of the movie, God intervenes mm-hmm. to help them. Why? 
What? They're not exceptional people in no, any way. They're no. not exceptional people. There's no reason for it. I, it. It's it makes no sense. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. But like, I don't understand how the angels were supposed to be helping them this whole time. I don't either. Because basically, the whole time they're attacking them. Yeah, they <laughs> they take everything for. So I, I think what they're trying to do is set up a situation where. I think they took everything from him and, and everything so that he would barge into the office, I guess. I guess. And did they send the aerobics instructor, the, the instructor that <laughs> his girlfriend uh, left him for? Too? Maybe. Who knows? And then they take a job to hunt them down yeah. for the for the dead. And and they're supposed to kill him. Yeah. The, the Ewan McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is like they don't do it to be like. Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna just do this and like pretend and everything, but we're really gonna be helping them the whole time. They are actively antagonists yeah. to them. They're shooting at them, hitting them with things, trying to. I mean, at one point, Holly Hunter is like the fucking T one thousand from was Terminator Two. Fucked up. She's clinging to the roof of a, a a sixty mile an hour truck, trying to get at them. And, and they're supposed to be in human bodies? Yeah, and, like, she gets run over by this truck, like, pinned to a tree, and she still lives. Yeah, she's fine. It's ridiculous. I don't know if it's because she's an angel or what. But, I mean, I guess. But 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 then they suffer long-term injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in, like she injures her arm, which is a, a permanent thing until they end up, you know, spoilers, but they yeah. end up being able to go back in heaven. But, so, are they human? Are they not human? There are so many things not explained in this. At one point, like you said, they're, they're doing karaoke in a bar, a Western bar, where they're singing uh, Ruby, uh, Take Your Love to Town, the Dolly Parton song or whatever. Uh, and there, it, it becomes a sequence where they're in these, like, it's not lavish enough of a dress that she's wearing and not lavish enough of... Uh, a suit that he's wearing to be like, this is a dream sequence or this is all fantasy or whatever. It, they're in slightly nicer clothes right. than they were wearing. And they're dancing on the bar and stuff like that. And it's like, what is real? What is going on? Well, and then, you know, he just wakes up and then we're supposed to believe they had sex. Cause she's like, Oh, you were great. Yeah. At one point they rob a bank, right? They go into a bank and rob a bank and, this guy comes out, and Ewan McGregor sees her in the back with a gunshot wound in her stomach. And he's like, this is it, or whatever. And then he gets in the way of mm-hmm. the bullet and takes a bullet in his leg. And that never comes back. And it's like, was he glimpsing the future? Was he hallucinating? Oh, I wasn't I wasn't sure what the fuck he was saying. Did... So. uh? Did the editor accidentally put in a, a separate <laughs> alternate cut of that scene? What the fuck was that? I don't know. And then, I mean, I guess basically this is just a rant of, of things, fucked up things that happened in this movie for a second. But, well, for a long, much longer than a second. At the, towards the end of the movie, like the very end of the movie... The two main characters, Ewan McGregor, Cameron Diaz, 
are seated, like in front of a screen almost, it looks like, mm-hmm. staring directly at the audience. Ridiculous, yeah. Talking about love while highlights of the movie you've just watched are playing behind them. And this isn't before, this isn't after the credits. This is before the credits. This is still a part of the movie. It, it was kind of like the end of When Harry Met Sally, but bad. But yeah, but terrible. Yeah. And it's like, and we're seeing, it's like, here's fucking highlights of what you just saw. Yeah, it was I don't need a previously bizarre. on a life less ordinary. And then it turns out that they're like getting married or just got married or whatever. Like, but what were they doing? What? Why were they sitting there talking like that? I don't know. It was all weird because they came out of a bar. Yeah, like as though they the were bar walking that he out of worked in. as as though they were walking out of like a wedding chapel because then people are throwing stuff at him. It's like what? What? See, I I get magic realism and shit like that, but this it's not it's not farcical enough it's, right. it's not weird enough to really be magic realism but it's definitely not ordinary enough or you know plain enough to be a real movie i think it was supposed to be like his dreams because it's you know they're talking about how he's a dreamer in the beginning and everything do you think the whole movie was his dream no, I mean, I don't think he's literally, like, asleep. I just think that, like, we're seeing lapses of his, like, fantasy life in his head or whatever while the movie's going on. I guess. It's uh, really weird to see uh, a character's imagination on the screen. I agree. With it, no explanation. It was terrible. It was not well done. I did not enjoy it in any way, but I'm just guessing that's what they were trying to do. This movie was fucking weird. It was very weird. Every choice. I mean, I guess I give Danny Boyle credit for for trying some bold things. <laughs> like he's trying to take the the genre of romantic comedy, right? Mm-hmm. And do something different with it. But every choice was wrong. Like any fork in the road that he came to, you you picked the wrong one, man. You <laughs> you 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 were trying to go to Nirvana and you steered us to hell. Right. Because this was just at one point Del Rey Lindo was going to kill you and McGregor. And it's like yeah. if you kill this dude, you you're never going back. Was he really going to kill him? That's, it looked like it, he had him in his fucking grave. Oh, yeah. and he, made him he even dig. said like something about mercy on him or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he was saying a prayer and everything. And then when they thought that they were fucked and they weren't going to be able to get them in love or whatever, they uh, they were like, well, we might have to live like here like this, but we don't have to live like this. And they fucking kidnap the, the Cameron Diaz again because they want to, to get money. And yeah. yeah. It's just stupid. The whole movie was stupid. Like, I have very little that I could say was even redeeming about this movie. There was the... Like, if Excess Baggage hadn't existed as a movie, and, like, this would be a ripoff of it or whatever, the plot of... The plot... This this plot would be interesting. It's an interesting idea to have two angels that need to get people together for whatever reason and 
putting them together in this hostage scenario. That's a recipe. That's the start of you could write a funny, farcical, you know, sort of magic realistic movie. Right. Out of that. But they didn't do that. No. (laughs) I don't know what they did, but they didn't do that. I mean, and I don't even really find them believable as a couple. No. I didn't find them believable as a couple, and I didn't buy their falling in love. Mm -mm. Why? Why did they fall in love? Because the angels made it happen, because they put them in danger. The fucking angel plot in 90210 made more sense. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Which is, I can't even believe I'm saying that, <laughs> but it did. It was, yeah, it was just annoying to watch. I I wanted to scratch my eyes <laughs> watching this movie. Well, I mean, aside from Cameron Diaz, because, you know, she's hot. Yeah, Cameron Diaz is good looking. I mean, she's not... A hundred percent my type, which is funny because it's something that uh, Ewan McGregor says in the movie. And yeah. Tony Shalhoub that from, was a funny line from too. Wings goes into this long diatribe of how he's a fucking loser and he's wanted in connection to a violent crime. He has a wound in his leg. He's mopping a fucking bar and stuff like that. And he's like, the idea of she's not your type... <laughs> Like, like, why is that even a thought in your brain? <laughs> like, who gives a fuck if she's your type? Look at you. Yeah, you know, that was funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, she's she's beautiful. Uh, but yeah, she's like you know, a terrible person in this movie, though. Yeah, so. terrible person in this movie. Ewan McGregor's a better person, like morally, but just an idiot. Yeah. And, like, and the thing is, he is, he is a loser. Yeah. Like, I, I, am I supposed to be mad at his girlfriend for not wanting to date a loser? Like, he is a loser. And his solution to this was to go and fucking yell at his ex-boss <laughs> instead of doing anything with his life. Right. And he has no agency in this movie at all. She fucking runs everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... Not very far in, she's just like, let me help you. We'll, you know, we'll get the money together or whatever. And and then she's basically running the whole show. And there's this weird subplot where they're like, everyone's reading this fucking romance novel. Yeah, I didn't but like that. But that only lasts for a minute. Well, it, I have a note that says, Holly Hunter uh, does an audiobook version of a fucking porn. Right. Because she's just like... At one point, she's reading the book, and it's a voiceover of her just reading about, like, you know, this man's uh, manhood, you know, and then uh, <laughs> a woman's soft mounds or, or whatever, you yeah. know. It's fucking weird. And she's getting all hot, and it's like, you're an angel. Like, this is weird. I, I don't Dan, like it. I thought she was masturbating. She might have been. In the bed for a minute, but then I noticed that both her hands were, well, she's an angel, so... Could have something else. Who knows? But I feel like Danny Boyle just made this because he had a fetish for Holly Hunter, uh, you know, saying this shit. Maybe. He wanted that audio. I don't. I don't understand anything. I don't understand (laughs) anything that I watched. No. It was no good. No bueno. So, suffice it to say, we wouldn't recommend you go see this. Absolutely not. 
I wouldn't rent it from Blockbuster when it comes out on video. I would just, I'd just give this one a hard pass. Go rent Train Spotting and or, watch that movie instead. Or Access Baggage. Go see that. Access Baggage wasn't that good either, but it's better, better than, than this. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but be- Access Baggage was bad too. This was like a fucking fever dream. Yeah, it was weird. Stream of consciousness. The, uh, yeah, this was like this was a William. F- this was a bad William Faulkner <laughs> novel made into a movie. For sure. So a William Faulkner novel that doesn't exist because there are no bad William Faulkner novels. Anyway, uh, that is the show, Carol. It is. Tell people shit, and then let's get the fuck out of here. Shit, no. Um, go check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yes. And you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Uh-huh. And share the tapes with your friends. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.